0: Well, hello, everyone. This is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. And I am not coming to you uh, today from the studio beneath the sky there in the tall timbers of Colorado. I am on the road. If you've been keeping up with our ministry, you know that I am down in Texas teaching uh, a weekly course here on the gospel, the doctrine of salvation, uh, what we call in systematic theology, soteriology. Uh, but, uh, Randy has graciously agreed to, uh, do our podcast as scheduled. So today is Wednesday, November the 15th, 2023. And if my voice sounds a little hoarse, it's because I've been teaching eight hours a day the first couple of days this week, and I've got, uh, more to go today and Thursday and half a day Friday. So pray for you, pray for strength and for my voice to hold out, really enjoying the opportunity to talk with these, uh, these students got about 20 students in the class and it is going really well. We are recording them. I had mentioned uh, previously, I think it was in our premiere Zoom session last week that we probably weren't going to video them, but we did decide to go ahead and video them. And we're not sure yet what we're going to do with those. At the very least, we will we will post uh, all these hours and hours of teaching on the premiere site, uh, but we may also decide to eventually post it on our Rumble channel and so forth. It's a little bit different than some of my conference messages. Uh, it's just more of a uh, ongoing all day. We take breaks about every hour, and there's some Q&A and questions and so forth. So I think it'd be very instructive and helpful to the body of Christ. But uh, anyway, that's what we're doing uh, this week. But, uh, you know, even though I'm out of pocket and doing this class, it does not mean the world stops turning. Uh a lot going on in this world, and I hope you've had a chance to listen to some of the other podcasts that we posted this week. These we pre-recorded in the last few days, uh, knowing that I would be on the road, but Monday we posted my interview uh, with Sean Wilson on getting the gospel wrong. Yesterday we had part two of my interview with Dr. Nathan Jones from Lamb and Lion Ministries on the message of the minor prophets, and I don't know about you all, but I loved the, those two interviews that we did. It was a great discussion, just really encouraging to me, uh, looking at all that the Minor Prophets have to say and how it's relevant for us today. Uh, I'll bring Randy on here in just a moment, and then tomorrow we're posting an interview I did just before I went on this trip uh, with Dr. Thomas Ice, and uh, he's going to be talking about answering the critics of Bible prophecy. I had a great discussion with him. I love Dr. Ice, appreciate him so much. And we're also going to be talking on tomorrow's podcast about the upcoming pre-trib conference that happens every December. This will be the 31st year. I've had the privilege of speaking there four or five times in recent years, and uh, but I've been attending for many years, for 20 years. And it's uh, just a who's who of top uh, pre-tribulational Bible scholars. Andy Woods will be there this year, uh, several others, uh, Arnie Fruchtenbaum, Uh, and others. I don't have the list right in front of me, but we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. And then Friday, um, he's been kind of hiding out for a while. We haven't heard from him in a while, but Curtis Chamberlain from Christian Underground News Network uh, resurfaced and uh, he and I reconnected and our schedules are both so busy. We don't get to do our interviews as often as we'd like, but we're trying to do it at least once a month. And so that interview pops on Friday. We talked about 10 things Satan hates. So you can look forward to that. Uh, this Friday and then uh, coming up next week I'll be back in town it's Thanksgiving week we've got a special Thanksgiving day podcast uh, planned with uh, a new guest we've got Brad Mastin uh, on uh, for an interview that we recorded Shane will be back on to talk about his technology out of control of course we'll have our regular Wednesday podcast with Randy and Mondo Gonzalez will be on the program next week. But before I bring Randy on, just a quick passage uh, from Scripture, Proverbs 15. Uh, today is November the 15th. And Proverbs 15, verse 3 says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. And I, I a lot of times when I read that verse, uh, at least once a month, on the 15th of every month, as I read a proverb a day, uh, I, I think of it in terms of how God is is not silent. He's out there. Uh, you know, he's well aware of all the evil. He's well aware of what the Luciferians are doing. But today, when I read it, I thought, you know, he's keeping watch on the evil and the good, and he is there. And it just the Spirit of God really used that verse to remind me that God is watching out for us. He's always there. Um, and in fact, uh, in Second Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9, a passage that people often see, uh, on posters or bumper stickers, or, or maybe uh, y- you know, uh, put on a, a pillow or something. Uh, and it's an enc- one of those encouraging uh, verses uh, when uh, Hananiah gave a message to uh, the king of Judah, Asa, and Asa was uh, was kind of like uh, David. You know, his his heart was right with God. He consistently loved the Lord, but he he had some obedience lapses. And he he at this point in Second Chronicles sixteen, he trusted in a. A foreign alliance rather than uh, the Lord, rather than Yahweh, and it ultimately led to his defeat. Uh, and so the prophet's message in 2 Chronicles sixteen nine to Asa is, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. But if we remain faithful to the Lord, trusting in him, he's going to be there to protect us. Obviously, He he's not going to force us to do anything. He gives us free will, and sometimes we make unwise choices and have to suffer the consequences of those choices, the natural consequences, and sometimes the discipline of the Lord. But God, the Bible tells us, wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Uh, Proper or uh, in the book of Job, I think it's Elihu. Uh, let me check. Yeah, Elihu, one of Elihu's messages, one of Job's so-called friends, uh, says in Job chapter thirty-four, verse twenty-one, "His eyes, the Lord's eyes, that is, are on the ways of man, and he sees all his steps." That's good, right? You know, when we think of things like the CIA and the NSA and others spying on us and you know, those types of things, it can be disconcerting. But when we know that the Lord's eyes are watching over us. Man, that's encouraging. Uh, You know, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21, the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. And so I just want you to be encouraged today that the Lord is with you. He's right there walking with you, watching over you, uh, protecting you. We may not know until we get to heaven someday how often the Lord sent his angels to step in and protect us from some unknown threat or enemy, but be encouraged. We serve a mighty God, a strong God, and he's there watching over us, and uh, certainly I know my family and I appreciate that, you know, when we're on the road and when Brooke is back at the office kind of holding down the fort, and we've just got uh, so many irons in the fire, so to speak. It is great to know that we've got not just someone watching our back, because, you know, Randy, you watch my back sometimes. I've got other people that are out there protecting me. We've got you know, elders and deacons at the church that are very much a part of our team at the church and supportive and helpful and serving the Lord there. And I'm so privileged to serve with the folks there from Plum Creek Chapel. We've got security. Uh, we've got uh, other man-made means of, you know, protection. I've got four dogs. I've got uh, video surveillance. I've got security. We live in a pretty remote area. All of that is fine and good, and and I'm appreciative of of you having my back. But you know what I love the most is knowing that Almighty God, my Savior, uh, has my back, and He is watching over. So be encouraged today. And I don't know why, Randy, but I always feel like I need to give an especially encouraging little devotional before we bring you on, because it seems like uh, you don't hold back when you uh, give us some of the latest information. So welcome back. Glad to have you.
1: Well, good morning. I i don't know how to uh, proceed after that for sure, but, you know, I have two little uh, little dachshund puppies that'll be uh, ready for duty. I think I can mount a BB gun on them here probably in the next few weeks so we can set them outside a church and let them have the first line of defense. And when they start yipping and wetting themselves, we'll, we'll know there's a problem.
0: <laughs> so- yeah, that's about the only thing they're good for is to to alert you and bark, I don't know that there's not right. fear in the enemy, but uh, at least they'll let us know the enemy's coming.
1: Yeah. For some reason, that's not very comforting. But yeah, we'll, we'll go with that for now. Anyway, all right. So each week, you know, it's kind of like the across between the Twilight Zone and, I don't know, a, you know, a bad movie sometimes. But there's plenty going on, probably, which most of you have not heard. So we'll fill you in on the good stuff. Um, first off, we now have an artificial intelligence robot that has been named the CEO of a company. It is a Polish brewing company by the name of Dick Tator, T-A-D-O-R. The uh, robot's name is Mika. It was developed by Hansen Robotics. And basically, they are grooming it and teaching it how to do all aspects of a CEO job. The only thing they don't know yet is if they're going to let it fire and hire, but it's doing everything else. It's doing some of the marketing, it's doing some of the promotions, um, some of the supply stuff like that. So it'd be really interesting to see how that works out.
0: He, uh, I didn't know quite like that the, far along. Does it? Does this works AI CEO does it give reports to the board and host the board meetings? Or, I mean,
1: it doesn't host them yet, but it's there. Wow. And it it's there, and they tell it what they want, and then it carries through with it.
0: So it's basically so, an artificial, non-human representation of a leader. What did you say its name was? Yeah. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I thought, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, its name is
1: dictator. D i c t a d r. And and one of our listeners told me about that the other day, and I'm going, "You're joking, right?" But no, it is out there and they give full details about it. So in other words, if you're in management or any other job, you'll probably be unemployed the next year or two, which, you know, if you're retirement age like I am, it's great. If you've got a family and bills and stuff like that, not so much, but um, I highly recommend it if you get to the right age. But anyway, so we talked last week about 48 tankers, oil tankers moving into the Gulf of Texas, of um, Mexico. Well, anyway, I've did I've done a lot of research on this in the last week. Eighty percent of those are empty. Twenty percent of them will have oil. I think it's the oil that Biden just bought for the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But the others, and I think they're right at forty of them that are empty. Um, scuttlebutt is. Mr. Biden's going to take out about 160 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Oil Reserve and send a bunch of it to Israel and a bunch of it to Taiwan. Israel is going to have a big problem because the Arab countries are going to be starting an embargo against them very shortly, and they're going to need a lot of oil to proceed with their activities over there. I would imagine that is probably one of the reasons we have such a large force of ships, aircraft, et cetera, over in the Middle East. They're gonna be protecting a very large supply. I think they are slated to go into Haifa and into Tel Aviv. And more than likely, they're not gonna let us know. They do that till about a month after. But that is a scuttlebutt where those are going. So our Strategic Petroleum Reserve will go from 300 million barrels down to about 140 million barrels which is basically seven days of a reserve. And that's it. So we're squandering everything, probably also used to keep the price of oil down so we don't have a big spike before the end of the year. But um, something to watch, see if they ever mention it to anybody. The um, bond auction they had last week was dismal, to say the least. 25% of the treasury bonds that the... um, Treasury put out for purchase were actually purchased by somebody other than the United States. And so that is going to cause some real problems shortly with inflation and with um, monetary movement as far as uh, liquidity and everything else. For the simple reason, when the Treasury had to buy back 48 or excuse me, they had to buy back 75 percent of the uh, bonds, um, the rest of the world's going, we don't want them either. So China, Saudi Arabia, Japan have started accelerating selling their bonds. In other other words, the world is going, America's going down, we got to get out. So that is going to be about the time Christmas, New Year's gets here, we should see what the ramifications of that are.
0: Yeah, what a great Christmas present, right? Uh, The collapse of the economy, um Which we've well, been looking for that exactly. for quite a while. I mean, you know, this is something that long before you and I started doing our regular uh, weekly discussions, uh, you know, I've been uh, reporting on the the fact that our economy is on life support and that all we're doing is waiting for the Luciferians to pull the plug. And I still uh, contend that 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 that's the case. I'm not certainly not alone in that. I don't think we're going to see an organic collapse. It's always possible because the Luciferians don't control everything. And so something unexpected from their vantage point could happen that crashes the economy. But I think it's more likely that they're going to crash it on cue. They're going to pull the rug out at some point when it's, when it's advantageous for them to, to, to kind of bring down America to usher in the coming one world system. And, um, I tell you what, it's looking more and more likely. We, um uh, You know, one of the things that I this is a good time to bring this up for you. I don't want to get you sidetracked, but I'd love for you to comment on this. One of the things that occasionally I get emails from people, uh, and uh, you know the 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 we we've gotten. I talk about this recently. We we've gotten a lot more emails over the last year or two than we usually get, and not just a steady increase. And uh, we are making some uh, plans to try to. Uh, do better about responding to all of those it's just a matter of staffing up for that but it given the law law of large numbers we have also gotten every now and then a a grumpy email from somebody and one of the ones that i get every now and then is from people who say well you know you and randy always talk and you always sound like things are going to happen tomorrow or you know the next three days or the next week is going to be the the key and you know but nothing ever really happens and you know How do you explain that? And you really should apologize for, for, you know, scaring people. Well, first of all, we couldn't be more clear every week about we're not here to scare anybody. We're just here to give our perspective on world events. And you frequently say, it's like people only hear what they want to hear. But I know you, you frequently say both on and off the air uh, that, look, you know, we're not making predictions here and setting dates. This may or may not happen. This is just what we're hearing. Uh, So it's not monolithic, it's not automatic, but what do you say to those who, who might, you know, be regular listeners of World Events Update on Wednesdays and, and they say, you know, it sounds sometimes like the sky is falling, but it never does.
1: Well, I would invite them to go back for the last year of what we said was going to happen and go through there. Now, it maybe isn't today or tomorrow, might be six months there. The only people that are going to know an exact date are the people that are planning these, whatever you want to call them, situations. And there's no way to tap into their brain because if you look at things and how fluid they are, there is no way that they probably know exactly when it's going to happen. Putin said he would have the Ukraine under control by August. He said that as easily found and discoverable. The thing is, he was slowed down by situations and circumstances. And the thing is, when we say imminent, I think you've made it clear many times, imminent means it could happen at any time, maybe tomorrow, maybe we'll be in a week or a month. But all I'm saying is be careful what you wish for, because we see a bunch of stuff happen, then there is a lull, and then a bunch of other stuff happens. Now, the economy, let's face it, nobody really knows what's going on with the economy. They're doing everything they can to prop it up, everything to make it look like it's okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, you you talk to an economist, you talk to a financial planner, and they're saying it goes slow, 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 then overnight, it's going to be done. And that is exactly with the military, with everything else. I mean, you look... You know, if you would have asked me two months ago, will the Middle East heat up the way it did, I would have said, I don't think so. Not yet. We, we've talked about that many times. The thing is, we don't plan it. We have to respond to it, try to interpret it. And for the ones that are in a hurry, I want you to remember when it happens, you shouldn't have been in such a hurry for this to happen because it's going down. It's going down more every week. Um, you know, we talked about COVID two years ago. COVID is still with us. There's always a new twist to it, a new COVID variation coming out. So, you know, like I tell everybody, they always want to know when. Well, if I knew when this stuff would happen, I would be a billionaire. Yeah, I would never have to work, and my friends wouldn't either.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I've been dealing with this uh, for a long, a really long time—seventeen years or so of both for, you know, the first many years of our awakening, just in private conversations and, and conferences here or there. But, you know, as our ministry has grown, particularly in the last 10 years, you know, we, we've mentioned these types of things and sound the warning a lot. And so I, I feel a kindred a kinship with you, which is why we, I love talking with you. Uh, not only are you a friend, but you, you've, you've really, I think, become a great asset to our ministry by these weekly updates but one of the things that I know I, you know, remind people of and that, you know, you remind people of is that it's not like we have a crystal ball where we are somehow getting direct revelation from God with these new, you know, plans and plots. And we're saying, you know, guess what, you know, God whispered in my ear. We're just passing along information from other sources, and those sources are not infallible. Uh, they're not necessarily guaranteeing you anything's going to happen. They are Uh, well-placed sources particularly in you know military and and law enforcement and when they get DHS alerts or red alerts that say hey the next this next 72 hours are going to be pretty critical we've got credible threats be on alert keep your head on a swivel that kind of thing we're just passing that along and I think sometimes people assume that we're guaranteeing something's going to happen we're not we 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 just are passing along uh warnings and so Anyway, I didn't mean to get us sidetracked on that. And it's not a, a big, you know, we don't get very many emails, but I got one here a week or so ago. I just deleted it because the guy was just, you know, he was not very nice. He's just like, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Nothing ever happens the way you say it's going to happen. And I just thought, well, you know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Stop listening. There is a delete button on your computer. If you don't want to subscribe to that stuff, don't listen. We're not trying to discourage people, but. Anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, one other thing, since I've already commandeered your, your time <laughs> before I pass it back to you, um, I think you might have seen this too, but I, I thought this was really fascinating to me. I've talked for years, and I've written about it in my books, that the Luciferians have a credo according to which they like to give advance warning of some of the big things that they are planning. And usually it's subtle. It's through media or television or movies, things like The Simpsons, and it's it's very common. There've been lots of uh, you know documentaries about it, where typically after the fact, after there's a major event, we go back and we can see that this was either hinted at or directly uh, predicted in some subtle uh, way. Uh, many examples, but just to give an example of the kind of thing I'm talking about, um, after nine eleven. Uh, there was a lot of talk from government officials about how nobody could have possibly foreseen that uh, Arab hijackers would hijack commercial airliners and fly them in to buildings as an act of terror. And yet six months before that, a pilot episode of a show called The Lone Gunman, that was the exact premise of that episode. It was one of about six or seven episodes that ended up airing, and then it went off the air. You can still find it, go to IMDb and search for The Lone Gunman. But the whole premise of that pilot episode that aired six months or so before 9-11 was that Arab hijackers were going to hijack commercial airliners and fly them into the Twin Towers. So, I mean, it obviously was on somebody's mind. It wasn't completely out of nowhere. It certainly could have been conceived of and indeed was conceived of, at least by the script writers. In Hollywood, so you can interpret that however you want, but that's one example uh, of many. I've also talked about the uh, Oklahoma City bombing. I give a more uh, fuller detail of that in in my books. But in that with that context, I thought it was interesting that somebody sent me a copy of the Economist magazine from uh, it was the issue that was I think December 2012, January 2013. A two you know, they come out every two months, and uh, guess what was on the cover of that magazine. It was a, uh, I forget the title of the cover article, something about hell, uh, something like all hell is breaking loose or something. Let me see if I can uh, grab it real quick. Um, But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty fascinating. And it was, uh, yeah, it was called A Rough Guide to Hell. And, uh, and the cover was this multiple pictures of different places throughout the world. And right there in the center is, a, a paraglider, literally a, a soldier paragliding into Israel uh, and setting off bombs. Now, here we have on October 7th a supposedly surprise attack against Israel that involved uh, paragliders flying over the wall and into Jerusalem and killing uh, innocent Israelis. Could that be a coincidence? Yeah, absolutely. It could have been a coincidence that 10 years ago a major U.S. Magazine was had that on the cover. Uh, But it just caught my attention because I know how the Luciferians work, and I know that a lot of these things they plot and plan way in advance, and they have this credo according to which they have to tell the innocent public what's coming, even though we would never know it at the time. No one would have read that magazine 10 years ago and thought, oh, there's going to be a you know an invasion 10 years from now but they can sit back and laugh and say hey we warned you so anyway uh did you get to see that magazine cover yes
1: you know but talking about the naysayers let me put let me put it like this just because you don't see it happen doesn't mean it's not i can tell you right now there's stuff going on that we have talked about it's not public yet but it will be. And if you remember, you remember when the uh, Top Gun movie came out last year, you remember that jet that Tom Cruise was flying? The week after that on our podcast, I said, that is a real airplane. And people are going, are you nuts? Guess what? It's called the Dark Star, and it is a real airplane which we've only known that technically for the last two months. So just because you don't know what's happening, let me tell you, if they did the research and talk to the people I talked to, first off, they wouldn't sleep at night. And secondly, they would every day wake up with one eye, look past the covers and see if we were still here. Wow. But so, you know, I look at it like this, if they can do better, bring it. Wow. So,
0: Well, no, I, you I know, think the vast majority of our audience really has grown to enjoy these Wednesday discussions. I know I can't live without them. I love it. I, you know, we talk off air as well. And you give me an inside scoop that, as you just said, we sometimes aren't comfortable talking about on air. Uh, in some cases it's because your source has said, Hey, you can't tell anybody this, but here's some info. Uh, in other cases, it's like, you know, I'm not sure we want people to know that. Uh, so I just appreciate exactly. I know our listeners do too. And again, uh, every now and then, you know, you're going to hear a squeaky wheel and, uh, and that's okay. We we want to hear from all of you. So if you have uh, questions or concerns, you know, fire away, but just know that, you know, we want you to be nice. You know, we, 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 uh, we don't like yeah. critical, ugly emails. Just be nice. Be gracious. If you're gracious. Hey, I, I don't mind if people disagree with us. We'll have a conversation, but if you're going to be mean, uh, I know how to use my delete button. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so do I you know and, and speaking of things that we talk about that don't seem to happen right away and everything else um, we've talked about the asteroid Apophis, Apophis however you want to talk about it okay everybody pooh poos that right well I did a little research and evidently people at NASA are getting worried the OSIRIS-REx the what? Do you, what was it? A rocket that took a sample from one of the asteroids, brought it back to Earth. They're so concerned. As soon as they're done with that, they're sending this rocket back to Apophis because they're worried that maybe they're wrong and it is going to hit us.
0: Yeah. So, so give us, now, for those, what, who, for those who may not be familiar with. The asteroid that they have nicknamed Apophis. It's got a a more formal name in this in the in NASA with the numbers and all that, but they're they're calling it Apophis. They like to name them after Greek gods and Roman gods and the like. Uh give us a little more background on that for those who may not have heard of it. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it in a lot of my conferences as well, in the context of uh one of the trumpet judgments, wormwood, and how this could potentially be a fulfillment of that. And uh so when is it? So so let me let me just set the stage for you. I know I told you to do it, but sure. I, I'm going to go ahead and tell it. So it's an uh, asteroid that is slated, according to the official narrative, to be a near miss with the Earth. By some calculations, it's going to come so close to the Earth's atmosphere that it'll take out some of our satellites. Uh, but other whistleblowers have raised a concern that those calculations are not telling the whole story, and that, in fact, it could be a direct hit. And it's, uh, I forget how big it is, the size of multiple football fields, I think. Well, 1,200 feet wide. Yeah, so that's three, that's four football fields wide. I mean, that thing's huge. Um, right. The scheduled date for either the near miss or some fear possible hit is 2029, April? April 13th, Friday the 13th, 2029. Wow. That's right. So now you're what now back to what you were saying. You're saying that some people in NASA are, as we get closer to that date, here we are, you know, five years away, five and a half years away, they're starting to get a little antsy and wondering, hey, are our calculations correct or could this thing be a real threat? Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Exactly, because it's supposed to miss us by 18,000 miles. Now, 18,000 miles with an asteroid is like, you know, if if a rock hit it, it could make a direct hit. The thing is, 2004, I think, is when it was first discovered. And the three gentlemen that found it, they're going, they're, you know, tracing the orbit using computers and everything they had at the time. April 13th, 2029, it hit the Earth. Well, everybody got excited and going, we can't tell people that because we have no way to stop it there would be panic there would be riots bigger than what we have now so they said well let's let's just go back so supposedly they redid their figures and come out it's going to miss us by 18,000 to 20,000 miles now I and a gentleman got a hold of those original records and all of their figures and we reran it a year ago and it hits directly in either the pacific or indian ocean on April 13th at 1 p.m., give or take a couple minutes. Now everybody goes, ah, yeah, we don't believe it. Well, evidently somebody in the military, NASA, whatever, is getting nervous because if they're sending this rocket back, uh, there would be you no know, reason to take a sample of it. I'm thinking they're going to send something there to try and divert it, whether it's a bomb or just hitting it or whatever. And look at it like this. It might have missed us, but them hitting it or trying to divert it might bring them right into our orbit. You never know. So, but anyway, just hopefully we're not here when this happens.
0: Yeah. So it's really interesting. I just went, I thought there was a website. I can't put my fingers on it right away. Something like where is Apophis. But in any event, I found the Apophis page on the NASA website and it's got a live feed satellite. You can click on a close approach, orbital path, uh, essential stats. By the way, I mentioned the Official name is Asteroid 99942, Uh, and uh, it clearly says on April 13, 2029, the asteroid Apophis will pass. It's saying at this point less than 23,000 miles, but whatever it is, it's not an exact science, Uh, and uh, I mean, you'd sure think it would with these kind of calculations, but I guess there are a lot of variables that, uh, you know, leave a margin of error, Uh, but anyway, what's interesting about that date, first of all, as you mentioned, it's Friday the 13th. But if you correlate the date of Apophis, uh, you know, the potential threat from Apophis, uh, with other dates that the Luciferians have telegraphed, such as Alice Bailey uh, channeling a demon that says the end of, you know, the age is going to be 2025, that's when they're going to usher in the final one-world system, Um, those start to get my attention because we know that the final seven years before uh, the return of the Lord— uh, you know, is the 70th week of Daniel? That's that final, it's a seven year period. We know the rapture happens before that seven year period. Uh, if that wormwood, that asteroid that's talked about in Revelation, uh, is in fact Apophis, which we have no way to know that it is or isn't, uh, but let's just mm-hmm. be hypothetical. If it is, we know that that happens, uh, you know, sp- roughly three years, give or take, a few months before the second coming so if that if that apophis is that trumpet judgment uh and it's going to happen in 29 then that means christ comes back three years later so that's 2032 you back up seven years from that to the start of the tribulation that puts us at guess what year 2025 which is what so many people have been exactly playing. i've got a chapter yeah, in so. my book my second book uh on this subject uh uh, Spirit of the Antichrist volume two, that's called the Luciferian timeline. And I talk a lot about uh, 2025. And by the way, you mentioned 2004. Uh, I heard about it not long after that. And I heard about it from the late Tom Horn. I think most of our listeners know Tom Horn recently yep. passed away, a great loss. Uh He's a, a man that really, I think, exposed a lot of truth in the area of Bible prophecy. He, I did not agree with him on everything. He certainly was not, um, coming from the exact same biblical paradigm that I am in terms of dispensational premillennialism. But uh, he he wrote a book that really kind of notified the public, as it were, uh, more than anything else early on about this potential connection between uh, this Apophis asteroid and uh, and Wormwood. So I was really grateful for that.
1: Well, and the thing is, if it's immaterial, there are hundreds of thousands of asteroids in the belt. If it's immaterial, why does NASA have something specific there for it on their website? Mm-hmm. They don't have it for all of the rest of them, but they sure seem to be watching this one very closely, as are other countries in the military. So I hope not to be here when it hits, but if it does, I hope we can do a podcast right after that, <laughs> because <laughs> there will be a little crowing, just to say it.
0: Yeah, I mean, their official <laughs> statement is, um, quote, uh, precise orbital analysis allows astronomers to conclude that there is no risk of Apophis impacting our planet for at least a century. Well, I don't know what they mean by that. First of all, you know, that assumes that NASA and other government agencies would never conspire to lie. And we know that's not true. Um Right. So, you know, I that but but for what it's worth, the the official narrative is still that there's nothing to see her move along.
1: Yeah, well, time will tell. You know, that's like Trump. We keep talking about Trump, what's going on, you know, he's got the he's in court more often or somebody's in court more often than anybody I've ever seen. But I noticed today that there have been 54,000 people apply for a job with him that are currently being vetted. security clearances. Now, 54,000 people believe that he may actually be elected or get into office somehow. You have to stop and wonder, what do they know that we don't know? You know, I mean, he's an okay president. I didn't think he was the best one we ever had, but I guess maybe they know something I don't. Well, and I'll bet I know some things they don't. But anyway, okay. The banking system in the United States is in trouble. We've been harping on this for six months. Um, A lot of people are finding that their personal accounts are being closed for no reason. Um, They're just simply and told, hey, you know, sorry. A lot of people are getting renewals on their credit cards that are up in the 30, 32% range. So I talked to one of our financial advisors the other day because of what the um, bond market, the bond sale did last week, they're forecasting that credit card rates could go anywhere between 40 and 50%. Now, people can't make it on what they're already paying, and most of them are not paying 30%. So if they start paying 40 or 50%, they've got a student loan, they've got a car loan, they've got a mortgage, um, they're not going to own anything in very short order. And, you know, you... You can listen to Lynette Zhang. You can talk to people that you trust. They'll tell you the same thing because I get this from multiple directions. So they are worried about it. But what really, I got to tell you what really worries me is, you know, everybody was for Israel when the war started on October 7th. Everybody now is going against them. I mean, Macron from um, France basically said they have to stop killing women and children. Blinken, he said Israel has to quit killing innocent Palestinians. Joe Biden is starting to waffle in his support for Israel. Kamala Harris has never liked him. And I see, you know, I mentioned that I think we're going to be probably getting rid of Israel as far as all the supplies, munitions and everything else before long because we can't afford it. But um, I guess we'll see. It It concerns me because if we turn our back on Israel, we're going to be turning our back on the Ukraine because I noticed that they're moving munitions, missiles, everything else out of the Ukraine, and they're starting to send them to Israel. So Mr. Burns, our CIA agent or head of the CIA, made a trip to the Ukraine today. And I think he's basically going to be telling uh, Mr. Zelensky game's up. We don't have the money to do this. You need to negotiate with the Russians or get some way to stop the war because we can't afford it. Europe is turning against that war. We're going to turn against it because we can't afford it. We don't have the manpower for it. So look for Russia to um, be making some large advances. I think they want to go all the way to Kiev. And I know they want to take Odessa because they have a large, large group of military... vehicles, manpower, et cetera, primed to go into Odessa. Putin needs that for his warm water ports so his ships from the uh, Black Sea Fleet can scoot over to the Dardanelles and the Bosphorus and be in the Mediterranean rather than having to go all around it. So um, look for movement there. They're not
0: saying much about it, but if you do a little research, you can find out it's still very, very active. Yeah, and- Going back to William Burns, you know one of the things that you need to pe- people need to train themselves to do when they think of see all these key government officials is to to do the research into their background to kind of get yes. an information because we sort of think they come out of nowhere because we've just heard about them. But Burns has is one of those uh, top level globalists who has worked in both administrations. He worked for Bush, for example, uh, W. Bush. Uh, he worked for Barack Obama. He's got a background. He was the U.S. ambassador to Russia and the U.S. ambassador under George W. Bush to Jordan. Um, He's been a State Department guy forever. And so even though he's now the director of the Central Intelligence Agency uh, ever since March of 21 under Biden, uh, he really is a a State Department kind of guy, which there's a lot of crossover between the State Department and the CIA historically. Um, Yes. But uh, this guy's pretty in tight with A lot of the major players right now on, you know, the world scene, Jordan, Russia. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's very significant to me that he's uh, taking on, uh, you know, this type of active boots on the ground role.
1: Well, you know, you have to you have to notice the subtle things that go on because Biden the other day went to Congress and wants authorization under the War Powers Act which basically then will give him the authority he needs to increase the battlefields to make decisions where he needs to make them. And most of the other presidents have always ignored that, said, we don't need it. But he made a point of specifically asking for the authority. So, you know, he's still got things planned. This is not a done deal. This is not over by a long shot. So just plan on it being around for a while. We always talk about AI. We talked a few weeks ago with Shane about AI in the military. Now, there was a cruiser in the Mediterranean that I watched a film on the other day. And they were showing how the phalanx gun, which is like a Gatling gun, how it works. All of a sudden, it's being run by computers and AI. They're experimenting with it. It locked on a 737 full of passengers. It was in the firing line. It was ready to shoot. And fortunately, there was a human that could overwrite it. Otherwise, that 737 would have been splashed in the Mediterranean.
0: That reminds so. me of TWA Flight 800. That's what happened there. Yes. You know, there yes. Military exercise, even though they covered it up. Uh, I mean, there have been, you know, I forget the guy's name. People would know his name if I mentioned it. But he's he actually ended up in prison for a while because he was a whistleblower. But he, he's been out and he does all sorts of interviews, written several books on it. He's really a world expert. On uh, on all of that, but yeah, it was that was a a exercise that locked in on a jet that had taken off from uh, I don't know if it was Newark or, or LaGuardia or somewhere over there on the East Coast, and and it shot it down. I mean that's that's yep. the kind of stuff that happens.
1: That's right, and so that's one reason why I'm not in favor of AI ever taking full control of military aircraft, missiles, anything else. You need somebody there to override it if there's a reason because. Computers malfunction. They always have. They always will. Now, current chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, Charles Brown, we thought Milley was bad. Brown is worse. He is fully woke. He is more concerned on being woke instituting that into the military than he is about combat readiness or anything else. Uh, he's been pressuring Israel to basically quit pursuing Hamas. Admit that you can't get rid of them. Let them alone. Let's move on to something else. Now, anybody that's been following this understands that Hamas is attacking the Israelis every day. They give them no rest. They're going to have to find those people, get them out of there, and otherwise they are never going to be able to live without missiles every day. You know, the different types of attacks, the guerrilla attacks, etc. cetera. Um, Mr. Um, Brown was a full supporter of Black Lives Matter, and um, he likes the radical stuff. He likes the LGBT, and he really has no use for the regular military. So expect some really um, interesting things from him in the near future, because he has moved in, he has taken over, and he is scary. Now, there is a company called Cocava, K-O-C-H-A-V-A and what it's doing it has infiltrated 275,000 different apps for computers and TVs and everything else and is gleaning information from all of that nobody's really given a permission as far as governmental authorities but basically what it's doing it obtains all of this money in the name of advertising then it will sell it to the different apps to Google, to whoever, whomever wants it, basically, to further their business. Now, um, it tracks how much money you spend, where your bank accounts are, your annual income, where you worship. If you're in a domestic shelter from being abused, it knows all of that. And to anybody that wants to pay for this information, it will sell you the location of somebody in a domestic shelter, and it's guaranteed to be able to give you a location within 10 feet. Now, why anybody would ever permit something like this, I have no idea. But again, the government is so far behind on regulation of AI, computers, and everything else that somebody's going to end up getting killed because of this. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to say a word. Now, something for you to discuss with Shane, he'll know more about this than I do, is called the Safe Tech Act. Basically, what it's going to do is regulate all of the ISP domains all around the world, and it's going to decide who gets them. If you can continue using them, it's also going to be doing things, it looks like, with ham radios. It's going to perform a credit check. Uh, It can terminate your account at will without an excuse. And the Congress is thinking about instituting it into law to let that happen. Now. If they control the internet, uh, they're going to control the speed. They're going to control the quality. So if you're paying enough or if they like you, they're going to give you precedence over others, like Google. Google, when you type in uh, something you're looking for, it rates all of the different sites that have the information you want. And it decides who is going to be available for your review. They're going to do the same thing, only... It's going to be codified into statute. And so if I look at all the different people on YouTube, all the people who podcast, if it doesn't like you, you won't be there. It will kick you out.
0: So they do the same thing on the mainstream sites like foxnews.com, cnn.com, msnbc.com and others. It's all bought and paid for. Uh, and not just the stuff at the bottom. I mean, we most of us know now what Clickbait looks like. And so, if you scroll all right. the way down to these news sites, you see these stories that clearly that someone's paying, like advertising to have them there. But the stuff above the the line is also bought and paid for. You don't it's not organic. It's not just, uh, you know, based on what's really newsworthy, it's not some editor that's deciding, it's all about the money. And the same thing is going to be already is true based on algorithms and shadow banning and things like that on on the internet. That's the reason if you search, you know, dangers of vaccines, you get next to nothing except a bunch of websites claiming it's all a conspiracy theory. But if, uh, you know, if you search that on independent search engines, uh, you know, and those are becoming harder and harder to find, then you get a lot of you know peer reviewed journal articles and data that actually proves hey this is a serious problem so it's all controlled it's very difficult to get accurate information anymore
1: yes it is and it's going to get worse obviously um israel netanyahu is basically fighting for his political life mr biden is fighting for his political life so there's no surprise that we are in a war but i did notice you know they're making good progress against Hamas, but I noticed before we went on today that last night there was a huge column of tanks and other vehicles heading towards Lebanon. So evidently, rather than waiting for Hamas to be a done deal, the Israelis are moving against them. The United States has the largest fleet present in the eastern Mediterranean, in the Red Sea, and over in the Strait of Hormuz, that they've had since World War II. They are primed for something. Now, I don't know if everybody says they're trying to bait Iran into a war. I, 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 I don't see the value in doing that right now. Hezbollah, a terror organization, Hamas, the uh, Islamic Jihad, they need to get rid of them, get things back under control. But, you know, they keep saying that there is a, different, a definite terror threat in the country. And it's getting worse by the day. You don't see them printing a lot about it as far as the uh, Homeland Security, FBI, etc. But they will make verbal reference to it every day. So I think they're they're expecting something soon. You know, we have the holidays coming up. What a perfect time to have something like that break out. You know, I can't think of a worse time for Americans in Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving Parade, I mean, think of the mayhem they could cause there. So all I can say is heads up, always um, know where you're at, have a plan of escape, be ready for anything. The um, Department of Defense is returning munitions to Israel that they had in the Ukraine. Uh, I think it was February, we talked about a port, um, was it Lithuania, Latvia, whatever it was named, all of those, we mentioned at the time that all of those um, vehicles, tanks, etc., were painted at desert brown instead of the normal colors that they would use as far as using in the Ukraine. All of those had been moved to the Middle East. So they had them staged. They had them ready in February. So they knew something was coming. They knew that there was a plan out there. And I don't know how much more equipment we have that we can give Israel, but we are giving them just about everything they they need and what we have. Um, I watch Israel pretty close every day because I have an app that lets me know when they're under missile attack. And I got to tell you, it's every day, all day. And I think at the end, when we finally find out how bad, how many casualties they were, we're going to find out that we had no idea how many people were killed and injured in those battles. Now, the last thing I've got is China. China has, as we've said before, as we their scientists to China. Um, there are a lot of their foreign ministers, military ministers, defense ministers that have been removed and nobody knows where they're at. Obviously, they've probably been put in prison, executed, or whatever. Uh, Their economy is imploding. And I think it's bad enough that that's why Xi Jinping is meeting Biden in San Francisco right now. Now, I don't know between the two of them what they're going to be planning, what they're going to orchestrate. I think, and this is speculation, this is my thought, I think Biden is going to basically tell them, we're not going to fight you that hard when it comes to Taiwan if you stay out of the Ukraine and if you stay out of the Middle East. I don't think there's any way we could support a Third Front. We make it look good because we have our carriers, we have our aircraft over there, but there's no way we could start a Third War. We We wouldn't last a week and we would be done. So it'll be interesting if they talk about computer chips, If they talk about the military, if they just talk about the economy, or if they really tell us anything about it. But I was researching the chips, the computer chips, the advanced ones that China wants so bad. And supposedly that's the reason they want Taiwan. Taking Taiwan would not help them. Uh, Basically, there are four different things that have to take place with computer chips. And basically, the United States supplies the chips. That's basically NVIDIA that has the most advanced. They have an A800 and an H800 and they have the patents, they have the research. But the compounds to make the chips come from Japan. And then you have to use lithography equipment to make the chip and that's supplied by the Netherlands and then you go to Taiwan for their skilled labor to put it together. They actually finish that. Now, China, they don't believe, could have that technology and those types of um, what do I want to say um, systems set up within 10 years. Now, Xi Jinping is having problems monetarily. They need to get into the computers. They're worried about that. He wants to be competitive. So I wouldn't doubt that there is some horse trading going on between him and Biden for the next two days. Now, I don't know if Biden's gonna be awake enough to make a good you know, conversation, any good uh, decisions, but we'll hope. But we'll see what they say when they get out because I think it's gonna be intense, but I will say one thing for Xi Jinping. He, he was educated in the United States. He lived with families over in Iowa and Missouri He thinks very highly of those people. And he tells those people every time he sees them that he thinks America are like them. He's very fond of them. He's making a special trip to go out to supper with them, spend some time with them. So we know he's ruthless, or at least his government is. We know that they would probably take us out if they had the chance. But this might be a time for a good statesman besides Biden, actually do some negotiation instead of threatening or posturing. Xi Jinping is worried about his country. He has 1.4 billion people. He has to make sure they eat every day or they're going to kick him out of office. So that is his preference to take care of them. And when he says, we don't want a war, I believe him. I take him at his word. Now, would he slit your throat in a back alley if it was for computer chips? He might. But maybe this is one time when
0: diplomacy should be at the forefront. Yeah, Maybe he could do us some good. Well, do we have any statesmen left that could step into that role for diplomacy? I don't know if we do. No, we yeah. don't.
1: At least <laughs> not that I know. I'm just suggesting it would be a good time for him. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. You know. I think one of your podcasts somebody talked about all of the horses that will be present in Armageddon, mm-hmm. correct? All right. Now here's some interesting things that I'll add. I'm just just saving this. Didn't know if I wanted to add it now, but we will. The Russian is, the Russians have had a cavalry in every war in the last 500 years. Now it's basically disbanded right now, but they still have the horses. The Turkish people, military uses horses, all right, which I find interesting that those two would happen to have horses. And I'm going, you know, there are supposedly 50 million horses in the world. That is the total, give or take, of 30 million, who knows? But India, Chile, Germany, and the UN also have horse divisions. Which is very interesting when you start looking at the forward wars and they start talking about horses. Everybody's going, haven't had them for years. But there are areas of the world where vehicles can't go, but the horses can't. So just another thing is things come to the end as we're approaching the end. Understand that when the Bible talks about it, if you do your research, you'll find out it is right on the money.
0: Yeah, as always, you know, God's word can be trusted line for line, cover for cover, cover to cover. Uh, Yeah, I think that was we were talking about the Battle of uh, Gog and Magog and the references to the horses there. Uh, You know, I've said uh, uh, for years that we don't know whether that was just uh, the prophet's uh, description of what he was seeing. And at that time, that was the common weapons of war. Or could it be actually literal horses that are involved in warfare by the time that all uh, comes around? And I think either scenario is very plausible. So,
1: yeah. And I think when you look at the asteroid, when you look at the movement of Turkey, Iran, Russia, if they dispose of Ukraine, it'll be interesting to see if then they turn to the east and start heading south. We've got a very large military that is already in the area. If they start heading to the south and east, we're gonna know where we're at very shortly. Yep.
0: Well, Randy, so. thanks. thanks as always. Great stuff. Uh, always great to talk to you. Um, uh, any closing thoughts? No, I hope we get to Christmas. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. There's no guarantee, but I'm hoping. I remember last year we weren't sure we'd get to Christmas, and uh, but things are definitely to me with the 2024 being an election year. Uh, mm-hmm. And Trump circus. Just imagine what if the Lord doesn't come back before, then what all those trials are going to be like, starting in March of next year. I mean, you thought OJ Simpson was a big deal. Just, just <laughs> wait. And uh, and and then that lead up to the election. Boy, it's just there's a lot going on in this world. And uh, I'm glad that I know who holds the future. I'm glad that God is watching out for us as we talked about at the outset of the program. But uh, always appreciate you, my friend. I can't wait to get back into Colorado and we'll try to connect, uh, grab lunch or something. uh, And uh, but uh, look forward to next week's uh, podcast as well. Uh, Before we close, a couple of quick reminders. I I, I mentioned this, I believe, on a couple of podcasts recently, but they all kind of run together. So I just want to mention it again. We were supposed to have Don Perkins on recently to talk about America and Bible prophecy. Uh, He had to postpone that because something came up, but he is rescheduled. And Lord willing, he'll be on the end of this month in November. It's already on the calendar. So I uh, just wanted to give you that update because we had promoted it and then it didn't happen. And I, I want to make sure you understand uh, we're on top of it. Uh, I'm uh, speaking at Plum Creek Chapel this weekend. I've been doing a, a kind of a mini series on uh, Israel in Bible prophecy. And this weekend I'm going to be talking about Israel and the olive tree from Romans 9 through 11. We're going to give a, a crash course in uh, one message on What uh, the Bible says in Romans nine, chapters nine through eleven about Israel, and what what do we make of that olive tree analogy that uh, Paul uses in chapter eleven? So, come out and join us Sunday at eight thirty or ten o'clock. We've been having great crowds and just a great spirit and great uh, times uh, together of worship. Uh, If you can't meet uh, in person at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, then you can join us online. The ten o'clock service. Uh, the message from the 10 o'clock service is live stream. So you can go to notbyworks.org and click on the live stream button. While you're on the website, be sure and check out our online store and all of the free materials that we have in the free section of the store. We posted some more uh, articles just today, in fact, or at least one. Um, and uh, and then uh, you can also check out the Red Pill Prince merchandise with our clothing and cups and hats and caps and all kinds of stuff from our uh, put together by our good friends at Red Pill. Uh, prints, and you can order that from the store uh, as well. And we're getting close to Christmas, Randy. Hard to believe, right? Only about six weeks away, five, six weeks away. Now's the time to be thinking about sending some of your friends and relatives uh, copies of my Spirit of the Antichrist and Spirit of the False Prophet uh, triad. Those are books that uh, will wake people up. They will share the gospel. If they don't know the Lord, they will give people a framework for what's happening in this global conspiracy. And uh, get your orders in early. We'll ship them out. And I think it'd be a great uh, Christmas present. We also, those are also available on Kindle. You can get that directly from amazon.com. Click on the Kindle books and search for uh, any of my books uh, that are available there. All of them are available through uh, Kindle. Well, God bless you, everyone. Thanks for your prayers. Again, uh, I pray for safe travel for me and Wendy as we head home uh, on a Friday and Saturday, a two-day trip uh, driving back to Colorado. And uh, until next time, we love you, we appreciate you, and God bless you, everyone. Have a great rest of the week.